0: Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into It in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my ears. You gotta a it really ain't that far. Perhaps one of the most recognizable... Uh, Creations of Stephen King is turning into a movie this weekend in the name of it. Uh, Stephen King, who is in it, you know, a very prolific writer, uh, he is responsible for many of the films that we love, including Stand By Me, The Green Mile, Carrie, The Shawshank Redemption, uh, Christine, uh, Children of the Corn. He also wrote The Dark Tower, which came out earlier this year and did not do so well, Um, among many, many, many others. uh, It was even a TV series, miniseries, uh, back in the 90s, starring Tim Curry. And this is its first true film adaptation. Um, It, directed by Andy Machete, uh, written in part by Chase Palmer Carrie Fukunaga and Gary Dauberman um, based on Stephen King's novel starring uh, the talents of Jaden Lieberher, Jeremy Ray Tyler, Sophia Lillis, Finn Wolfhard, Chosen Jacobs, Jake Dylan Grazer, Wyatt Olaf, uh, Bill Skarsgård, among others. Uh, there are you know, pretty much no recognizable names in this movie. Uh, you might recognize Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things. Uh, Jaden Lieberherr has been in quite a few things as a kid actor. Uh, even Bill Skarsgård, who plays Pennywise. His filmography does not run that long. He was recently in Atomic Blonde this year. Uh, he was in Allegiant. He was in... Uh, let me see here. Uh, he was in Victoria from 2013, Anna Karenina from 2012, uh, but, you know, not a huge amount of credits to his name. Uh, what he's mostly probably recognizable for is his name, uh, Scarsguard, as there are quite a few Scarsguards uh, around Hollywood, and they're all pretty, uh, pretty good, pretty good at acting. Runs in the name, runs in the family. I don't know their exact family tree. I'm sure they're related to some of each other's, uh, if not all of them. Uh, but yeah, it's a name with a pretty high pedigree. That being said, um, I've, you know when I talked about Annabelle Creation earlier this week, I was pretty clear about how much I enjoy horror movies. Not a lot. I, I shy away from them. Uh, the ones that I do enjoy are not the typical genre fair that I would get that I would put in front of or that i would i would ascribe to the typical genre uh typical horror fan but there there is there is some sort of there is definitely an element to horror that i I find intriguing and most of that is the the sort of underlying suspense of it all and what i mean by that is i don't particularly enjoy watching a character backpedal themselves through an abandoned graveyard shining a flashlight in every different every direction trying to figure out what's stalking them that i don't that doesn't do anything for me and i I particularly don't really like that. What I do like is, uh, particularly a scene in this movie that, that stuck out to me, there's a moment where Jeremy Ray Taylor's character, Ben Hanscom, is in the library reading a book uh, about the history of dairy, And in the background, and so so the way the scene is shot, it, it cuts back and forth between an, a, a medium shot of Ben reading this history book, and a close-up of the pages of the book being turned as he's flipping through. And anytime it cuts to a medium shot, there is this woman in the back corner of the library, uh, very far away from Ben's character. And you see her when you first come in. You might not even, you know, take notice of her really, because she's just browsing this shelf over in the corner. But if you're perceptive enough, you'll notice that the first time it cuts away from the book, now she's staring directly at Ben. And then the next time she's moved closer. And it's just it's this creepy, unsettling uh, sense of dread that kind of creeps into you. And those are the things I absolutely love. I, I love those sort of subtle things that aren't necessarily even addressed later on. And in this case, they aren't, you know, we don't you know, she doesn't like pop up in front of Ben's character later on to scare him uh, or turn into Pennywise at any point. It's just a sort of a, an energy that's drawing her and that's that's creating this mood and this atmosphere around uh, the character of Ben, the film itself, and and it's it's really well made. And and when a movie does that, and when that's the when that uh, technique is incorporated into building up the suspense and thrills of a movie i find it very refreshing and i find it very well done you know a movie that did this incredibly well that i absolutely love was it follows uh, just like things happening in the background of a scene that you're not necessarily paying attention to until maybe it's too late but done in such a way that you realize at the end of the sequence that that's something that's been building the whole time. You know, this person that's been walking across a courtyard did not just appear to walk the last five steps. You've been seeing this courtyard for the last minute, and they've been walking across it the entire time. You're just not paying attention to it, because there's a dozen people out there walking around. But then you catch that, and the next time it happens you're clued into it the next time there's a scene with a background in it where someone can be walking straight for this main character you're aware you're waiting for it and and then it's up to the director to kind of pick and choose when he or she wants to employ that strategy a second time or how they uh, are going to undercut the technique they've already used and so while I wouldn't classify it as a movie that consistently does this through the entirety of its runtime, it does it enough and it does not rely on jump scares that I found it incredibly refreshing and incredibly enjoyable, albeit horrifying. So, uh, it backing up a little bit here. It is, this is the first time I've seen. A depiction of the movie. This is the first time I've seen a depiction of the story. You know, I've never read the book. I didn't watch the Tim Curry version and I never read any synopsis of it prior to watching the movie. Uh, About all I knew was the trailer and despite what I had expected that the trailer gave away, it did not. Uh, Everything in the trailer is very suspenseful and seems incredibly scary, which I would say it is, but then getting into the movie, you realize that every scene from the trailer is actually cut short of the actual payoff for those scenes. You do not get to see the extent of what's really happening, which was very, very rewarding, sitting in the theater watching this, I was I was very pleased with that element of it as well. So I think the marketing for this movie was fantastic. Uh, the trailer was amazing. the 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 techniques the director used, I thought, were fan- were great. Um, and so then the next thing that the movie kind of hinges on is Pennywise. Uh, Pennywise is the clown played by Bill Skarsgård. Pennywise the dancing clown as he is so named uh, who is technically not really a clown uh, but more accurately the embodiment of fear and evil in a sense. Uh, I'm not entirely sure about the the history and background of Pennywise other than every 27 years he eats a bunch of people. Kids generally but yeah, people. And Bill Skarsgard, as I mentioned, you know, I haven't really seen him in much. I think this is his third, maybe fourth credit to his name. Uh Anna Kronina, Allegiant, and one other thing. But that being said, he was legitimately scary. He was he was something else in this movie. Uh probably the most intense. And uh, I, I guess I guess horrifying human portrayal of a, cr- of a of a creature of a demon of a spirit of a of a scary monster thing in a movie that I've ever seen. You know, I, I wouldn't say that he is the best villain. I would not say that he is the best uh, movie monster in general. But as far as the ones that are not CGI as far as the ones that are not just costume makeup like an alien or like uh, something along those lines Uh, he is definitely the scariest human portrayal I have seen in movies Um, and particularly you know he it's it's very interesting because there's this extended scene of his in the first scene of the movie Uh, you know you've seen in the trailers where um, where, uh, what's his name? Georgie, uh, J- uh, Georgie, played by Jackson Robert Scott, who is Bill Denbro, Jaden Lieberher's brother in the movie, uh, is in his raincoat, iconic yellow raincoat, running down the street. He's got his paper boat flowing down the stream. Uh, he falls and loses uh, ground between himself and the boat. It ends up disappearing down a storm drain. He goes to try and find it. Afraid that his brother will be upset with him. And Pennywise appears in the storm drain. Now this scene is in the trailer. And when I say that there's much more to the scene in the movie. There is much more to the scene in the movie. But that's also not generally something done in a horror movie. You don't normally get to see the villain for that long. That revealed this early in a movie you know he's on screen for maybe for a few minutes of total screen time at least talking to Georgie uh trying to get inside his head trying to convince him to do what he wants him to do and as that was happening the whole time I'm thinking well this is this isn't gonna work I'm not gonna be as scared of this guy anymore because I've seen him you know that's generally what gets me you know as long as I can't see the thing it's a lot scarier in my head. Like, that's what I'm thinking watching this opening scene. And while the conclusion of that scene itself is, is, isn't is scary so much as it shows you how high the stakes are. It shows you where this movie is going. It shows you why this movie is rated R. That sh- told me that I was that I had to just kind of get rid of these preconceptions I had about horror, about evil creatures, evil monsters, evil things because you see a lot of Pennywise in this movie. and since you recognize him from the beginning, you recognize him from the trailers. He is in maybe 40, 50 percent of every scene in this movie. Uh, you get very familiar with how he looks and what he's what he's capable of. And to, uh, you know, to Machete's credit, you know, he, he works Skarsgård to the bone to get some of these really just horrifying scenes. Uh, whether it's, you know, uh, the, scene, the scene in the trailer where uh, Jaden Lieberhurst's character goes out into the basement and you see Pennywise come out of the pool, puddle at the bottom of the basement and slosh the water back and forth at him. Uh, there's a scene in the trailer where they're showing the slideshow clips, and one of the car- people in the slideshow eventually turns into Pennywise. You know, all of these scenes, there's so much more Pennywise in these scenes than a typical horror movie will show you of their horrific character. You know, looking back at a movie like Annabelle Creation, you don't see, uh, you know, the Annabelle character. You know, the Annabelle spirit, the entity, for you know, you don't see it for like a minute before the scary thing happens. The seeing it is the scary thing, and in it, seeing Pennywise really generally isn't the scary thing. It's what follows. It's it's his actions. It's his movements. It's his mannerisms. Um, it's the techniques he uses. It's. His teeth. It's his eyes. It's his hair, and and all of the things that he makes great use of to to terrifying effect. And so I, I read a, a very good review on Letterboxd that that, that discerns the difference between terror and horror, and horror is something that you're seeing in front of you, something that you're witnessing that in it itself doing the things it does is scary to you. It makes you horrified of, of, of the thing of the knowing of the thing of the seeing of the thing, doing the things it does. Whereas terror is more of uh the way they phrase it in the review is like kind of looking into a dark chasm it's the terror of the unknown, uh, and and that's and that's that's kind of the disparity, you know, and about creation far more terrifying than it is horrifying. It far more horrifying than it's terrifying, and I, I very much appreciate that. You know, horrifying is is a much more uh, in 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 my opinion uh, quality over quantity type of. Scares, you know. You can terrify somebody dozens and dozens of times with jump scares, really. But that's that's easy. I can I could put together a ten minute movie by myself with like three hundred jump scares in it, and I'll probably get you like twenty five percent of the time. But I probably would have a much more difficult time creating a ten minute film. Trying to put horror into it. True horror. Not terror. True horror into it. And Machete does a fantastic job. Of imbuing this entire film with horror. Just thinking of Pennywise. And and realizing that he is in the scene. Uh, is Is scary in and of itself. Because you know what he is capable of. You know what his end game is. You know what his goals are. You know what he feeds on. You know what his strengths and weaknesses are and just the chemical makeup of the scene shows you and tells you that this is a this is going to yield an outcome that you'd not you don't want that you don't want to see that you don't want to know about that you don't want to hear and that's that's really impressive i was very impressed by that uh so pennywise fantastic Uh, so then what you got to do next is set up the rest of the cast uh Lieberherr, Ray Taylor, Lillis, Wolfan, Jacobs, Grazer, Olaf, uh, the seven kids that make up the losers, they have the onus of trying to be kids. Uh, They they are kids, but I, I mean, trying to be genuine kids, authentic kids that are at once, in one case, separate from each other. They have to be unique and have their own stories behind each other. But at the same time, there also needs to be an element of unity between them all. And you only have 2 hours and 15 minutes to do that. While also establishing uh, Pennywise. While also establishing a team of bullies. While also establishing this, that, and the other thing. And that's a pretty tall order to ask. You know, Stranger Things did it over an entire season's worth of episodes, and it's being asked to do it in roughly two... roughly the length of two Stranger Things episodes, with more characters. And... so... to... so, you know, it's partly in the hands of the director to... and the screenwriters, for sure, to craft these characters, and to portray them in a way where they do fit together in unique and interesting ways. But it is also on the kids themselves to differentiate themselves with their mannerisms, with their looks, with their facial expressions, with the way they hold themselves, and how they react to each different characters. Can they have different reactions you know will Jeremy Ray Tyler react differently to Sophia Lillis than he does to Jaden Lieberherr which then he does to Finn Wolfhard which he does to Wyatt Olaf you know is he able to kind of but but also manage to keep all those reactions similar and and that's very difficult for for children actors you know that's why you know generally movies try to avoid resting all of their pressure and all of their weight onto children actors because they're not as experienced, and it is more difficult for them to handle that, those subtleties, those nuances. And while I wouldn't say that these are the best child actors I've ever seen in my life, I mean, you know, when, when, you know, there's, I wouldn't go so far as to say that they're acting on the level of somebody like a Jacob Tremblay in Room, uh, or, or or, maybe a Natalie Portman in Leon the Professional, or something like that. Uh, as a team, as a group, uh, as friends, they come off beautifully. They're brilliant together. Uh, I bought that they were their own characters from the beginning. The backstories that they each had were compelling. Uh, I think the only person without a significant backstory is Finn Wolfhard's Richie. Uh, and to be honest, he doesn't need it because he's generally used for comic relief instead Uh, comic relief but like has a heart so you know still a multi-dimensional character Uh, i would say that chosen jacobs mike hanlon doesn't get a ton of build up behind him which is unfortunate you know he is the only non-white character of the seven um and so some of the, so some of the backstories, you know, they have to be simplified. They have to be reduced down lower than what they've they would be in in a novel. In in Stephen King's thousand-page book, there's just not time to give each of these characters their own sort of film's-length backstory, and so. With what time that machete does use, I think he makes great use of it. He gives us enough for each of these characters. They get each of them gets their own scene uh, to discover Pennywise and be terrified by him. Each of them, uh, you know, gets their own drama built up in the background. Whether it's um, uh, you know whether it's Jaden Lieberherr's dealing with his feelings of his brother being missing. Uh, chosen Jacobs working uh, with his, his I guess grandpa is what he's supposed to be in the movie. Uh, Sophia Lillis and her dad. Uh, Jeremy Ray Tyler being bullied. The, all these things are given just enough time to develop and blossom. And the movie takes great pains to make it feel as real as possible. And you know, you get a lot of Stranger Things vibes. You get a lot of Stand By Me vibes. Um, you know, there's even a scene in the movie that I was like, oh, it's just like Dark Tower. Or, uh, you know, that reminds me of Firestarter. Or this reminds me of Carrie. And, you know, I don't I don't know the order in which these books were written. So I, I can't tell you, like, when, you know, what books were drawing from which. But all that, all that said... The parts of this movie that needed to work do. And they make this a very good horror movie. I think that it is going to be huge this weekend. I think that it is going to be probably the highest grossing horror movie of all time. And it might not even be close. Uh, it's it's projected between like $60 and $100 million this weekend... I bet it gets at least eighty. That's what I'm thinking. At least eighty. So it's it's got a lot of a, a lot of of steam behind it. A lot of momentum building. And you know, this is just part one. You know, this is half of Stephen King's novel. So there's an entire second half uh, that that will come out presumably some number of years from now. Preferably not 27. <laughs> I don't think it's worth that wait. But if it's as good as this, you know, and and I keep saying, I, you know, I'm, I'm complimenting this very much. It does have its flaws. Uh, I will talk about a couple of those in spoilers, because I think the opening of this movie is nearly perfect. I think it's the middle, second and third acts is where the film starts to drag a little and start to fall apart in terms of quality but even still it is it is still a very highly above average film and one that definitely deserves your money definitely deserves your butt in their seat and i think it definitely needed its r rating like there are just some of the conversations that the kids have between themselves are r rated conversations which is incredibly ironic because these are you know 10 to 12 year old kids you know, throwing F-bombs at each other, you know, talking about sleeping with each other's moms, and talking about their dicks, and talking about this and the other thing, and that's, you know, I, I can't, I don't remember my 10 to 12 year old age that well, I didn't have a group of friends that, that I would hang out with in the same way that these kids do, but I was definitely closer to, to this depiction of children than I was of, you know, the, the type of kids that never swear, never step out of line, kind of picture-perfect look that I think some movies paint them as. And so, yeah, it, man, it. Uh, so before I, before we go into spoilers, um, just the last few things to, to kind of make this to wrap this all up here. Uh, I did, I did put Bill Skarsgård into my male supporting actors lineup right now. Uh, He is taking the place of, who did he take the place of? Um, Male supporting. Uh, Might've been a movie that I got rid of. Darn. I don't remember what movie it was. Well, he has taken their spot, as it were. And I'm totally okay with that. Yeah, that's uh Oh wait, it was Wind River. Wind River. He took a spot from Wind River, which was and Gil Birmingham. Took Gil Birmingham's spot. That's what happened. So, Bill Skarsgård makes it into, for It into the Circle of Film Award nominations currently. Uh, I gave the film a 76, uh, which, again, I think probably sounds a little lower than the amount of praise I'm showering on it. But I will address some of my problems when we go into spoilers. And there's not going to be too many spoiler things. There's only a couple of big points I want to make. But, yeah, for, for It, I'm very pleasantly surprised. The theater was packed, uh, which was great. I, I, I thought it was suitably terrifying and my favorite horror film this year hands down hands down so thank you for listening and now we go into spoilers for it any path so many worth exploring just one would be so boring and look what you're ignoring there's only, like, two things I really think I want to talk about. Let me see. One. There's one There's one big one. Uh, this bothered me when I was watching the movie. And then bothered me even further when I, I was reading about the movie. And how this was actually changed from the original story. So, uh, at the end of the movie, the final confrontation with Pennywise. You see, first of all, uh, you you see... Um, Bev's character kill I believe her father uh, when he's kind of trying to rape her Uh, it's not entirely sure to me, clear to me whether or not uh, his ultimate intention was rape or simply just physical abuse, either way obviously bad guy, awful she had to defend herself and in the process Pennywise grabs her by the neck and kidnaps her, takes her away When the rest of the team finally gets down the well and finds the lair of Pennywise, which is beautiful. I love the way it looked, the floating bodies, everything. I I thought it was gorgeous. You see Bev floating a little bit off the ground. uh, And we've, we've already had a scene of her waking up and being caught again. But she's floating off the ground, catatonic. Uh, And the guys pull her down to the ground, and then uh, Jeremy Ray Taylor's character, Ben, kisses her, and she wakes up. Bev is, up until that point, my favorite character in the story. She is powerful, she's strong, she has a lot of shit going on with her. She's not perfect, but she's she's good-natured and good-hearted. And she's seen through the fear, and she believes that they can they can do this, and so almost in a sense like she's the best of them, and yet she's the one taken by Pennywise. She's the only girl in the group. Uh, she is saved by a group of boys, and then has to be kissed to woken up. Uh, you know what is this Sleeping Beauty, uh, Snow White? I don't. I don't think so, you know, this is, that, you know, everything before that felt so earned, so well written, but that just, just really rubbed me the wrong way, and then, on top of that, that's not how the actual story goes, you know, it was changed, uh, for some reason or other, you know, he, the, originally the kids are chased into the sewers from, uh, the The barons, I think, by the bullies and not, and they go in that way. And that, I don't know if that would have been uh, the best option, but it definitely would have been better than this. Uh, anything would have been better than this. This was, this was not good. I was really upset by that. I think that that was, I think that undermined so much of what that character had done up until that point and just kind of like wrote her out. Almost in a sense, like the first time they confront Pennywise at his at the haunted house, like she's the one that saves everybody. She shoves the spike through his face, and uh, so I get that. Like you can see, like Pennywise would want to come after her first, but if she's not afraid of him because she's the strongest of them, I just don't. I don't. I don't know. I, I wish that wasn't the way that it was written. I just think that turns her into a damsel in distress, which she shouldn't be because she's stronger than anybody else. And then uh, the second element that I, I think deserved a bit a bit better care and touch uh, is 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 just like the CGI. So like this is a very cheap cheaply made movie. I think the p- p- production budget was like 30 million dollars. It's gonna blow past that budget that make that make more than that after Friday alone. So like obviously the money is all in the movie and you know it looks really good in a lot of places. There are some pretty important things parts though that really didn't feel right. Uh, like some close-ups of Pennywise's mouth and face That really did not work uh, And then a lot of this final confrontation fight scenes uh, Just felt a little Undefined And I, I think that that hurts That moment You know, I, I don't know You know, obviously I think they were probably being stretching the Uh you know, stretching things out as far as they could for the entire movie. And they, they I'm sure they had to, but I don't know. I, I feel I feel like they just needed I don't know, it just it just for a few seconds I was just looking at him as as, you know, Skarsgard's pennywise keeps changing forms to like be afraid more afraid of this to face this person than this person than this person, like a bogard essentially. And I just just felt so close to being well done and well made and well executed and i think it was just fell like it was like 90 percent of the way there just so close and uh, you know i i was just i'm not like it's not like bad you know it's just like just not where i think it should have been perfectly uh so so those are those are my two biggest problems you know there's a couple other like small cgi effects earlier throughout the film but For the most part, like, it looks really good considering how small the budget is. And uh, so so those are the big things that drop me out down lower in terms of rating for this movie. Uh, At 2 hours and 15 minutes, it is pretty long. Most of the movie, though, it didn't feel that way. It, It actually moves along pretty smoothly. I think some of the sequences with the bullies are a little over the top. And could have been, I don't know. One of those could have probably been taken out to kind of trim a little bit of the fat. But yeah, there's there's not much I want to take out of this movie. I think it needed all of the build up. It needed all of the extension. It needed the finale. It needed all that stuff. So for the, yeah, for the most part, I'm I'm perfectly satisfied with the length of this movie as well. And uh, yeah, that's that's it. I, I'm I'm really excited for a sequel. Uh, and in fact, one of the things that I found, uh, particularly interesting, so depending on like when they make the sequel, they have asked all of the kids in the movie, uh, who they would play, uh, their older selves and they each gave an answer. And so Finn Wolfhard, uh, uh, Richie says... Uh, Bill Hader, which I think is perfect. Sophia Lillis, Beverly, says Jessica Chastain. Also sounds perfect. Chosen Jacobs, Mike Hanlon, uh, says Chadwick Boseman. I would totally be down for that. Jack Dylan Grazer, who plays Eddie, uh, says Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, I mean, these are are some pretty fantastic choices. Wyatt Olaf picked Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Naheep Stanley, Jeremy Ray Tyler as Ben, says Chris Pratt. Uh, um, That also, and and Jaden Lieberherr picked uh, Christian Bale. He's Bill. Like, that's an amazing cast. That is an incredibly expensive cast. Not that I don't think they'll make them enough money to afford it, but that's, man, that would be quite something. Quite something. I would be blown away if if they could pull off half of those people. So, sequel to come. Guaranteed. I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any comments, concerns, questions, or answers, you can send those to circleoffilm at gmail.com. If you want to check out the website, there's a lot of more information there. All the previous episodes. There's Circle of Film Awards. There are uh, scavenger on superlatives, uh, information about me, about the spreadsheet, all this other stuff, circlefilm.com. Check it out. And if you are interested in um, uh, contributing to the efforts of this podcast, if you like what's happening here and uh, want to uh, support this in any way you want, can, uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash where you'll find all the information there as to various reward levels, uh, various goals uh, based on tiers and things like that. And all that information is available to you on the webpage. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same good night. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fails. ¡Buen we need-